The following was recorded in front of a live studio audience at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. This is the United Podcast Network. The following program is closed captioned for the thinking impaired. By tomorrow, I will rule the world! I noticed that me singing at the beginning of the show is cool when you're watching the video, but when you're listening to the audio on Podbean, not so much. <laughs> All right, let me just get this posted one more spot. Say it again. Yeah. Alrighty. Guess we'll start the show, huh? Alright. We don't have time for the Papa Paws today. Hi, my name's Tom Duggan here at the Paying Attention Podcast. Hi, it's up. Two Guys Smoke Shop at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. We got a packed show for you today. Uh, I've got Eric, my intern. Is with, he's not even really an intern at this point. He's really a, a reporter. I've looked at some of the, the quality of the writing that he's done in the last two editions. In fact, one of them was so good we put it on the front page. So can't even really call him Eric the intern anymore. He's really Eric the reporter. We've, you've graduated you. So uh, I'm supposed to be sucking up to you. Right. Well, all right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, if your girlfriend has any friends, please you know, feel free to pass them along. <laughs> I will. Um, and, uh, and he's going to talk about a story that he wrote in this edition of the Valley Patriot about crime in the Merrimack Valley. But first, we have Hero Firefighter, uh, a guy that I've known for a, a really long time. He's also a winner of the Valley Patriot Hero Public Safety. Uh, he got a, a Valley Patriot Hero Public Safety Award. And I think you got, didn't you get another award too? Didn't we give you like a community service award for what, all the stuff that you do? You did. Yeah. So Juan Manny Gonzalez. Now, if, if you live in Lawrence or if you've been to any of the fires in Lawrence, I know people from outside the community sometimes go to the fires just to kind of see what's going on. Uh, you have seen Manny Gonzalez pull kids out of burning buildings. You've seen Manny Gonzalez go into exploding buildings. During the Columbia gas explosions, I remember at two different spots where the building exploded. And while it was exploding, Manny was charging in, not charging out like everybody else. So I know he's uncomfortable with the title hero firefighter, but he is a hero firefighter. And as uncomfortable as that makes him, you people should know that he is a hero firefighter. And not only is he a hero firefighter, and I'll let you tell the full story, but um, as a firefighter, he noticed that um, after, the, after a fire where maybe four or five families were displaced, you know, the, the Red Cross only helps you for like 24 hours, 48 hours, and then you kind of run your own. And so Manny started with Wayne Hayes, a group called Heal Lawrence, to help the families of fire victims in Lawrence who've been displaced. And, um, and so we're, well, we're, he's got a fundraiser coming up, and they're trying to raise money for the families of... Can we show that video of uh, the fire? Uh, there was a big fire on Shawshank Court uh, about a week ago or so. And um, how many families displaced? Like 10 families? There was a bunch of families, Tommy. So usually uh, they will say six, seven, and eight. And then by the time we're done, 
this more because what used to be one one family, uh, an apartment. Now it's there was two families in there. So I want to say we, we we left it at about ten families. Ten families. And what you're watching on the screen is um, a friend of mine was on the highway when that fire broke out and. Uh, and, and took that, pulled over and took that video. We couldn't even get close. Normally, I can get close. Um, but I sent, um, I sent Sam Higginbottom, one of my uh, spot reporters, and the Lawrence cops gave him a really hard time about getting close, even though he has a, a press pass. They, they were letting Channel 7 get close, but they weren't letting him get close. So that was the best that we could do as far as uh, video. We had a bunch of other people send videos, too. Talk about Heal Lawrence and what you guys are up to. Well, first of all, Tom uh, and Eric, thank you uh, for allowing us to... And welcome to Wayne Hayes, who has joined us via Zoom, by the oh, way. I'm sorry. Uh, hi, Wayne. Uh, that's the man right there. He makes it happen, Tommy. Without him, uh, I don't know what he alarm would have gone. But anyways, uh, everybody knows, uh, or at least uh, pretty much everybody knows that he Lawrence, Wayne Hayes, Manny Gonzalez, but we also have two forces behind us, which is his lovely wife, Kathy, and my wife, Gloria Bell. So... Um, without these two ladies putting up with us, the time we take from them to help smart, us. Smart guy, always give the wives credit. <laughs> always give the wives credit. <laughs> no, they really make it happen. They, their support is, is invaluable. Uh, but almost 10 years ago, I think it's already 10 years ago, that fire in Lafayette Street in Lawrence, and um, just watching people bailing out the windows because of Christmas tree went on fire, and, you know, the holidays, how it, everybody's trying to be together, and all of a sudden... You get hit with a Christmas tree on fire, burnt the house to the ground. And that's when I went to Wayne and I said, Wayne, what can we do to help these families? Uh, we put the fires out. Sometimes we save the house. Sometimes it doesn't work out. But what do they go through emotionally, physically, whatever? I want to follow. And he says, I already have a campaign. I have a name, uh, Heal Lawrence. What do you think? And I said, let's go with it. And it was an adventure. We set out to see if we can make a difference uh, in people's lives, how we can connect, how we can gather some donations, uh, reach out to people, including politicians. We, we don't shy away from knocking on their door like they knock our doors when they're looking for votes. Right. Hey, why not? Uh, your Smart guy. Your constituents need you, so it's time to uh, knock on their doors. And what do you know that 10 years later, here we are. We have built a name for Heal Lawrence in which people trust us. They, they don't mind donating to us. They don't mind providing us the information that at the beginning it was hard because of the Privacy Act. When the Red Cross comes in, they uh, do an intake. They couldn't distribute that information or disseminate that information because of the Privacy Act. So we ended up getting some people together on a table, set a meeting with the mayor and other entities, the Red Cross. And eventually they said, no, Hill Lawrence has to have this information as soon as possible so that they could either put these families in a hotel so they can get them some food or some clothing. And it's us four and everybody else that has believed in Heal Lawrence. That's the engine that keeps us going 10 years later. Here we are. And uh, I'm actually going to allow Wayne to chime in, Tommy, and tell us about the event that we have next week on July 1st. Absolutely. About renters insurance. So I'm going to leave it at that for now. Uh, but... Uh, I want to thank everyone, every single person that have believed in Heal Lawrence and have donated, contributed on any any way that had made a difference in this family's lives. Wayne, thank you for joining How are you us. Doing, gentlemen? Good. It's good to see you. It's uh, nice and sunny down here in Florida. I hate you already. <laughs> uh, yes. Well, I'm very excited. We've been working pretty much about eight months on this. Uh, we had applied for a grant with the NYSource ECF 
that basically were saying how you know we're going to give organizations money um, to make a difference here and help people. And we've been offered money for years, and we've refused to take it because I didn't feel where everyone needs money, we should be taking something just because it's there. Right. We come up with a plan. This renter's insurance education program is very important. So we are going to be kicking off with billboards for two months to let people see our logo, which is well-known, and make it more prominent. And it's going to say, don't get burned, get renter's insurance in English and Spanish. Well, I'll tell you, just, yep. I'll tell you what, Wayne. Um, I'll tell you what I'll do is if you guys want to do a full-page ad in the Valley Patriot, I'll charge you our cost. If I, that's would, co- I don't even mind supporting a business. I appreciate that. And we'll take you up on it. Okay. This is what we want. We are going out full tilt, uh, advertising this. We're going to try to go to every event. We've been doing this for about two years and trying to see how we can make it sink in. I mm-hmm. think the billboard is going to be a big kickoff. But part two of it is the incentive program we've initiated. Anybody who presents us with an annually paid insurance policy from June 1st this year, right up until, we're not going to say, oh, on the 1st of July, from June 1st, if they have a policy they paid up for a year, present it to me, we will give them a $25 gift card to offset the cost, which we believe to be 120 to 150 for the proper insurance they need. Nice. So that's phase two. Phase three is a fund to help families in the dire situations, and that's what we're trying to uh, have in our back pocket as another tool. But these two programs, the ed- education and the incentive gift cards, I can cover 400 families, and my goal is to give away, uh, give away every one of those cards. That sounds great. Uh, who came up with the genius idea of doing a registry, like well, like a wedding registry? When someone uh, is getting married, they'll put up a re- wedding registry in a store of like, the things that they need, things that they want. And then if you want to, you know, if you go into the wedding, you can go and say, oh, well, look, they're looking for a tea set. We, we'll get them that. And they check it off. And you guys took that same concept and went to the people who are displaced by fires and find out what they need, put it up on a registry so that people who want to donate know exactly what it is that they need. That's a G. Who came up with that? Wayne. Smack the guy in the arm next to you. <laughs> he says you, you say him. That's awesome. Wayne. <laughs> Whenever Juan speaks, he sits there and he's going, how can he and Lawrence help these people? Right. And as he's speaking, I start picturing this little picture above my head, start forming, and I go on the website. That could be like a bridal red. That is exactly the concept, and I think I related it to you. That's yes. how it started. Right. But naively, we were trying to get a toaster and a bed and not six sofas and pictures. And I said, that's great. But then we learned they don't need that stuff right, right now. They don't need it. They need somewhere to stay. And the education of the um, insurance policy is get enough temporary housing for at least six months right if you figure in a hotel or renting a a long-term hotel uh, one of the kitchenettes plan on that because you will not find an apartment in six months if you have excellent credit you need somewhere to stay so you can continue with your life keep your family together go to work go to school and then try and rebuild your life 
the clothing, the furniture. We have programs that will, will replace that to get you going. And then when you're back on your feet, you can buy the nice living room set you want. But you're going to get a nice living room set donated to you from Project Home Again or the Wish Project. These are partners that work with us that make us successful. That's incredible. Now, that registry has evolved. The mayor pulled together this, if you want to call it task force, I call it the mayor's team. There's no real name to it. It's just all agencies are meeting. That's why I was late here. We just got off a Zoom meeting with the fire department, the Red Cross, GLCAC, the mayor's office. Um, everybody was there communicating, and we're trying to streamline every little problem from the start of the fire to notifying everybody to get the information and get them into the city for their fire letter, get to the GLCC for their intake. And if they need health or mental issues, find out what program they go to all immediately, not over a three or four week period while they're going, where do I stay in my car? Um, you know, they get a few nights with the hotel. We're telling them, use the Red Cross card for hotels. Neil Lawrence will give you gift cards for food and clothing so they'll get the biggest bang and settle down in a hotel while you're trying to get help and see where you're eligible. That's uh, and quite honestly, it was said, these people will not have an apartment within six months. So what, what, what happens if they can't get an apartment within that six months? That's the, that's the tough part. And that's what the next hurdle we're all trying to figure out because there is no money for the homeless. Right. Are they eligible? Are they even eligible for a shelter? There are all sorts of things I'm hearing that are unreal, but this team is determined to try and find ways to do it. But yes, honestly, right now, after Tuesday, we don't know what's going to happen with these families for where they're going to stay. Yeah, and that's tough because as somebody who uh, works with TMF and, and reaches out to the homeless, the last thing Lawrence needs is more homeless people. I mean, yeah. you know, the, the, the efforts that are being made to try and get homeless people off the streets immediately get negated when there's a house fire of like five families, right? And then all of a sudden we're back where we started. So what you guys are doing is you're, before it becomes a need, before people become homeless, you try to prevent that from happening, which I think is pretty incredible. And to save the funding for all these uh, organizations that can be using that funding for other purposes to help more people. That is where we're coming from. So that document, that Excel file I started is now shared with all these agencies in the mayor's office, everybody has input and they can check. You know, we've got, when did, uh, I'm looking at it now, when did Hill Lawrence uh, reach out to them to get, you know, just by contacting? When did we give them gift cards? Did they get their fire letter? Uh, who's the GLCAC caseworker on it? Are they an owner or a renter? Uh, who's the Red Cross worker? All their phones, ages, everybody can go there and say, now we can jump in and we can help them and all that information's right handy to them. That's great. It's communication and information in the quickest amount of time. And we are working on that. We are facilitators and we, I, we are committed to facilitating this whole program. So it runs smoothly in Lawrence. Once we do it here, same reach to the same partners in Lowell, Haverhill, right. Springfield, Holyoke, New Bedford, sit with them, get it working there and hopefully take this statewide. That's our goal. It's an it's an incredible program, and you guys don't take anything off the top for administration. You guys are all volunteers, right? 
So, you know, a lot of, a lot of times I tell people don't give to the, some of these nonprofits because you don't know how much of it is actually going where it's supposed to go. Hill Lawrence is one of those places where everything you give, and, and, and I only promote nonprofits that do this, everything you give, whether it's an item or it's a gift card or it's money, goes directly to the fire victims. There's no overhead. Uh, Manny's not making a million dollars a year as an administrator, neither are you, right? Nope. It's so, basically paying our printing costs, which, like I say, all, every, we, are, we are frugal. We are trying to be frugal. And Juan's had been telling me for four or five years, hey, this guy says we could get this much money. I go, we don't need it. We don't have a purpose. Right. Everybody else needs money. Now we need money, and I am asking, but I'm showing and using Manny, talk about the fundraiser that you're having July 1st and what it is that you guys are going to be offering to the public. How do we get people there? Honestly, I'm going to touch up on it, but I'm going to let Wayne because he is the mastermind behind this thing. He is. It sounds to me like you have nothing to do with any of this stuff. Uh, it's just all Wayne. <laughs> ask, him what he call, ask, ask him what he calls me, the field general, right? <laughs> because um, I'm like the social worker. Wayne says, hey, I need you to go run by this uh, hotel. This is where the families are. Bring them this, bring them that. Um, so I definitely jump right after the information. The Red Cross gets it, uh, gets it to us. If we don't get it right away, um, I'll get it from the fire investigators. Uh, the last few days has been a lot easier than what I used to be. But honestly, I am allowed to concentrate on direct, uh, dealing with the families directly because Wayne is doing all the networking and putting this event on, on the first next week uh, together. So he has all the logistics to it. When are you going to run for mayor again? <laughs> we, we, we need, well, th- think about this, right? You have all these politicians that pretend they, they give a shit about the poor. At election time, they run around Lawrence saying they care about the poor, and not one of them actually helps the poor once they get in. But I think a guy like Manny, if he were to get in, if he was to like, run for office and win, you'd have a guy with a proven track record of actually helping the poor and not just you know, giving platitudes to people. Well, people people say to (laughs) we've had some politicians go down and pay for two nights in a row for families that have been getting thrown out of a hotel by noontime. And they picked up two nights, Uh, not just one, not complimentary and not just one. So I just want to let you know that uh, they're not looking for accolades. We're not going to give them out because we're not trying to say, oh, vote for this guy. Right. They are, they care for them and they are supporting us in our endeavor to get bigger and better. Uh, not all, but I do right. want you to know there are some and they were right there and they didn't like, hey, you guys remember this or I want to give it to you. They just did it um, on their own, not, you know, anonymously. And we happened to find out. Can you privately, when we're offline, tell me who those politicians are no, so that. Definitely will. Okay, because, uh, because at least in that way, I know who the people are that actually give a damn. Yeah. They're, um, and uh, like I say, they fall in the same uh, vein as the people from Salem, New Hampshire, who came down here to pay hotel rooms, people from Methuen. Um, you know, we've been fortunate when we put a call out everybody in the area but we've had the politicians which like i say i've uh deep felt uh gratitude for that they weren't coming to us saying hey remember me or tell people right they just did right no and 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 those are the guys that i at least privately want to know who they are so that you know we can help them out later on down the road um manny what what is what is at this where is this fundraiser and and uh this event that you're having july 1st and uh, what are you offering to people? So the Let me fr- give you the details, Tommy. 
because uh, I'm the one yeah. who's been working this and yes. run it by one. What do you think? So what is he doing here then? <laughs> uh, he, he's the pretty face of the group. That's true. I agree with that. <laughs> Wayne, so before you give him the details, let me chime. So, Tommy, you said, what can we do to fill the parking lot so that people can get there? We're going to encourage you, the listeners, uh, the viewers, please reach out. Even if you cannot go to the event, send somebody down. We need to get every renter in this city to know that you definitely should sit down with an insurance company. We're providing. Wayne's working so hard to lock in as many insurance companies so that we don't get singled out that you're catering for one and not the other. We're going to provide you with a platform at a central location that it's easy access. Uh, so please, if you cannot attend, send somebody else to get the information. Hopefully, we can get some people registered. We had one previous forum at the senior center. It didn't go as well. Please don't let us down. We're working really hard for you. And I want to see a lot of people at this parking lot at the Clatter right there on Ainsbury Street. Uh, Ainsbury and Canal Street, if you go there, you're going to see our billboard. And uh, we're going to be there on July 1st from 2 to 4. And Wayne's going to give you more details now. All right, Wayne. All right, we've got three billboards. One is in the Clatter parking lot that I've envisioned for three or four years. We have one on the Kelly Furniture Building over by the dam on 28. We love High visibility for people to see and read. Just simply get renter's insurance and our contact information. We're also through PSA through the city mayor's office uh, getting on the one of the digital billboards on 495. So it's high impact, high visibility on the first. It's going to be Thursday the 1st from 2 to 4 in the parking lot of the Clatter in front of our billboard. We're going to have, uh, we have invited everybody who has basically helped us be so successful. We are going to have a raffle. We're going to be, and basically the raffle is just come in and fill out a piece of paper. We don't want your money. We want you to learn something and have a chance to win an annually paid renter's policy up to $150 value. Nice. We, we're going to have a $100 market basket gift card, a $50 golden house gift card, a $25 Carleen's gift card, and a few other things. So uh, just want people to come out and we're going to have a, hopefully six insurance companies. Once again, we do not direct business. And we tell people, talk to your agent. If you don't have one, talk to friends. But we want, these are agents that will tell you how much it would cost for you to get insurance. Okay. The insurance isn't to cover your stereo in your living room set and your bedroom set. It's to give you temporary housing, which is usually 20% of the coverage. So people say, I don't need $50,000 of coverage. You need that much just so you have enough of the allocation for temporary housing. Right. That's the education for people. How do people get in touch with you guys? I, Randy Carter popped up on the live and said he wants to get in touch with you guys. Uh, he helps homeless veterans, so I'm sure he's got a lot of networking that he can do. And, and how can people donate if they want to donate something to your raffle? Well, they can, uh, if you go to our website, heallawrence.org, everything is there, or you can email us. Heal Lawrence at AOL.com. On our website, both our phone numbers are there. We are accessible. We're not hiding. You don't have to jump through hoops. Call us, email us, text us. Uh, and you can donate 
to these fires. We currently have the Trenton Street Fire I put up there. This is a GoFundMe that goes to GLCAC. It goes directly into our account. Um, we've had great success. People, it's, uh, you just go right online, click on there, and you can pay PayPal or whatever. You can ma- it tells you on the website. Mail checks to GLCAC with a notation for Heal Lawrence. It goes into our account. You can get gift cards. We, Juan will pick them up. You can mail them to us. Uh, he'll, we'll give you the information. Uh, you can drop them off at the fire station if he's working. Uh, and at times when there's a, uh, a tough time like this, the senior center on Haverhill Street collects them for us. That's, that's so we great. We have a network that's great. So we will see you guys on July 1st at the Clatter, one of my favorite places in the world. And, uh, and, and anything that we can do to help you guys out, like I said, we'll be happy to give you a full page added our cost for however long you need to do that. And, and we'll even use some of the people in our network to try and get you guys some, some gift cards or items or whatever it is that you need. Just, just reach out to us and let us know what, what the stuff is that you need most. Also, anyone listening or... Anyone listening or watching that wants to help, uh, if you go to our description below, there is a link to the heallawrence.org, so you can just go straight on there. And Excellent. Help Fantastic. Out. Wayne, thank you so much for zooming in. We appreciate it. Manny, thanks for coming in. You can hang out with us if you want while I chat with Eric. Thanks, Eric. Or if you need to get somewhere, I know, I know how busy you can be. But So we'll leave it up to you if you want to hang or you want to, you want to stay. I just want to say thank you on behalf of Heal Lawrence and on behalf of the clients uh, that we're helping. Uh, thank you for letting us get the voice out to the people. Hopefully we, we see a ton of people at the Clatter on July 1st. Um, we got to get this done. It means a lot to Wayne and I. And uh, it's people like yourselves that allow us to get to, to the people that have been helping us. Uh, I got to get back out to chase more clients, okay. see what they're doing, see Sounds what they good. need, uh, stop by the fire. They, now they, they're wrestling with the, uh, when can we get back in to salvage some you know, clothing items, items and sure. stuff like that. So I'm going to go and speak to the uh, captain of code enforcement and see if we can get people in there to retrieve. Sounds good. And tell my friend Jimmy Driscoll I said hello. I will do that. Thank, thank you. you, Tom. All right, Wayne. All right. Wayne. And thank you, thank Wayne. You, and thank you, Manny. A true Hill Lawrence partner, Valley Patriot. Yep, absolutely. Anything we can do to help. Be safe. All right, thanks. Thank you, Wayne. Thank you, Juan Manny Gonzalez. He ran for mayor at one point. I supported him. And it was just so sad that he didn't win because of all the politicians that talk a good game, here's a guy that actually walks the walk. Thanks for your So thanks. Uh, With me also is uh, a Valley Patriot reporter who has done some real yeoman's work on uh, getting some of the crime stats in the Merrimack Valley and blowing it. In fact, it was such a big project that we had to do it in two parts. Um, So... Two months ago, he did, I think, Lawrence and Haverhill. And then this past month, though, the edition that's on the streets right now, you did North Andover and Methuen. It was a little disappointing that the Methuen people wouldn't cooperate as much as we thought that they would. Uh, but I think that has to do with um, the, the mayor's war on me right now. Um, but hopefully that's going to smooth itself out over time. Uh, but talk about, talk about you know, what it is that you found and you know, did any of it surprise you? Because you're not from the area, right? Mm-hmm. So we, we always think about Lawrence as being so crime riddled, right? right? That's the reputation. And did, did any of this surprise you? So one of the things that surprised me was um, the amount of internet crime going on um, in the Valley. Uh, I believe Methuen uh, identity theft cases went up by like 700%. And that's not from like one to like seven or anything. That's, it went from being in like the 50s to being well into the triple digits. Mm-hmm. Um, and the same thing happened for North Andover, except they didn't label it as identity theft. They categorize it as impersonation. Okay. Uh, so 
when I looked at those numbers for North Andover, for example, it said they had something around 300 cases of impersonation in 2020, and zero of them were, um, I forget if resolved. they used the, resolved, exactly. And so I was really curious So, so 300 about people that. had their identity stolen, and the police weren't able to catch one part, like they haven't been well, able to close one case. That's the thing that's kind of tricky is that the total stats can be misleading because um, I spoke to Lieutenant Folds, which, by the way, amazing guy. Yeah, great I'm guy. I'm really glad I got the chance to mm-hmm. interview him. Um, he told me that most of that was due to the unemployment scams that were going on in Massachusetts uh, and throughout COVID. the country. Uh, yeah. Yep. So. I I was surprised in the sense that like I knew that there were unemployment scams going on in America, but I didn't understand the extent of it, and I didn't understand how much of it was happening, you know, at in the, the local valley. level, right? Yeah, exactly. So um, it was really good to get that perspective because if you look at the total numbers, then you think, oh, crime's gone up in North Andover, like they've solved zero of these cases. What's going on? Are the police officers be, just being lazy? What are they doing? But then you realize that, you know, they have to pass these cases on to like federal sure. uh, agencies and such. And there's a, a lot going on on the national level and the state level that they can't, you know, uh, work with. They have to pass it on to somebody else to right. investigate. So, so now nationwide, violent crime has gone way up, right? Because of all this defund the police stuff, Black Lives Matter and all that. But yet in the Merrimack Valley, where you have Lawrence and Haverhill, two of the places that have the most crime in the area, I think when I looked at your stats, the violent crime was actually down in, in, in all four of the communities that you covered, right? Am I right about that? Uh, yeah, for the most part. Um, I don't have the stats up in front of me, but uh, Methuen and North Andover, they stayed roughly the same or maybe increased by one case or decreased by one case. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was pretty interesting too, because you know... If you watch the news, all you see is like buildings burning and stuff like that. So, you know, you figure right. it may be going, you know, going up. But right. Yeah, no, it was, that was surprising as well. Yeah. One of the things that when I talked to the chief, when the chief's been here a couple of times, I should say the Lawrence chief, right? Because we've had a bunch of them in. Um, and even when we had Denaro in a couple of, a couple of uh, weeks ago, they said, you know, if you have one person who's like an arsonist and they go out and they commit five arsons, Right. You catch that one guy, but he's committed five crimes. Like he's added five to the to the to the crime stats. So he says it's, it's kind of misleading because five crimes were committed, but it was all committed by one guy. Right. So sometimes getting that one guy off the street, you're lowering your stats much more significantly than just stopping one crime, right? Right. So um, they they don't show who commits the crimes. All that, all I see is the numbers. Right. And I'm really glad that I got the chance to interview somebody to provide some context to that because right. I had some trouble finding somebody from North Andover to interview. I believe I was given a contact, mm-hmm. an officer to interview, and I won't mention his name, but um, I reached out to them multiple times. They wouldn't answer me. I reached out to this person. They wouldn't respond to me. Finally, Lieutenant Folds came in at the last minute, like the day we were going to print was when I got the chance to interview him. Right. Um, and <laughs> the way I got him to, uh, to do the interview was, um, I, I'm not uh, that proud of it, but I was kind of like, I left a message on his voicemail and I was basically like, you know, I see all these impersonation cases going on and I see zero of them have been solved. Um, if I don't have somebody to interview, then all I can do is present what I find. Right. So it's if you want to give some context and explain why this is happening, 
then reach out to me. And thankfully he did. Good. And I felt bad about that because he was actually a tremendous guy. No, he is a good guy. And by the way, his wife is tremendous. She's on a bunch of boards in North Andover and she helps run like the fall festival and the sheep shearing uh, mm-hmm. festival and a whole bunch of other things. So they're both very active and uh, Lieutenant Folds is a great guy. Um, I, I was a little disappointed that you reached out to the Methuen Police Department and you couldn't get an answer out of those guys uh, given that like at least 50% of the department I know hates me, but the other 50% loves me. So I figured at least one of those guys would, would call back and at least give some kind of context because otherwise it becomes a negative story, right? It becomes, well, crime is up. And without any kind of an explanation or background on that, that just paints the city in a bad light. Mm-hmm. So I was a little surprised by that. Um, but I am thankful I got to interview um, Councilwoman Eunice Seigler. Oh, um, Eunice is great. She is great. She was, um, and you know, Again, that gave me a chance to sort of contextualize the identity theft numbers. You know, I I asked her, what's the city doing to respond to this? And Mm -hmm. she's saying, you know, we've held seminars um, trying to get people, mostly elderly citizens, to recognize these scams when they come in, which I think is very important. Um, That's usually who people target when they engage in these types of scams as elderly people, which I think is terrible. But um, I'm really glad that, you know, somebody's taken notice of that. This and the city's taken some steps to uh, resolve it. Yeah, and I'm still I'm still really surprised, pleasantly surprised, that when you look at the murder rate in Boston, in uh, Minneapolis, in L.A., in Atlanta, um, it, it, it's spiking everywhere. The violence is, is assaults are up, burglaries are up, murders are up, and then you come to the Merrimack Valley, which has like the worst reputation in the world. And most of the violent crimes are down. Right. But when you say those violent crimes are going up, do you mean in 2020 or like recently? Like in the last like year and a half, two years. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm starting to see, you know, I think people have been kind of getting cabin fever. And now mm. that they're able to go out, they're kind of like right. letting out those frustrations. Right. Like um, I'm seeing a lot more people fighting at sporting events. I'm seeing more people on the news getting on airplanes, arrested, right. like throwing bottles, fighting each other in the stands. And yeah. I'm like, this is what happens when you don't have people at sporting events right. for a whole year, and then you just let them back in. Yeah, you lock people. It's like rats. You lock rats in a cage, and then you let them out. Yeah. What's going to happen, right? Yeah, no. So, yeah. So, listen, you've done some great work, and I'm actually really pleasantly surprised. I've had a couple of uh, other reporters slash interns come on board um, and and do an okay job, but that's kind of what I expected from you—an okay job. And you did a phenomenal job because when I read the story, when you sent it in, you know, before we published it, when I read it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is like a better job than I could have done," right? Because I would have added all kinds of political shit into it. Um, but but it was all just factual, and that's what you know. When we publish a news story, it 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 has to be just these are the these are the facts. Right. These are the facts. These these are the this is the background information on why those facts are the way they are. And you don't get that in the Eagle Tribune, the Boston Globe, the Boston Herald, most other newspapers. So your contribution to the, to the to the Valley Patriot is tremendous, at least from my perspective, because you help us keep our eye on the ball as far as opinions are opinions and news is news. Right. And I think the fact that I'm not from the Valley allows me to take a more objective right. position because I don't have like any preconceived notions about any officials or any of the people that I interview. And nobody hates you. Yeah. But it's right. also a, dis- a disadvantage because you know I'm not part of the community. So when a government official or a police officer gets a call and it's from the Burlington area code, you know, they're going to be like, who is this kid? Right, you know, right. He works for the Valley Patriot. I hate Tom Duggan. Right, right. <laughs> and sometimes they do. Sometimes they do. What's weird is that I think last month um, I wrote a notebook item saying that Randy 
Randy uh, Hagar, the captain in Methuen, should be the next chief in, in Methuen. And because he's been there for a long time and, and uh, he was promoted by Joe Solomon and, and he's done a lot of great work in the community. And he's one of the guys that blew us off, mm-hmm. and which was very surprising to me because I always thought we had like we went to we went to high school together. So I, I always thought we had like a really good relationship. But nope, just completely blew us off. And which is too bad because I think that the Methuen story could have been a little bit better had we had more participation other than from Eunice Ziegler. And I think we had um, – a quote from uh, from Nick DiZaglio, right. which I think I screwed up. I think I screwed the, the the comment. What he what he conveyed to me was that part of this impersonation crime that was going on in Thuin was because of all the communities that have been hacked. Mm-hmm. Like if several communities in the Merrimack Valley have had their data hacked, and uh, and I think the way I the way I wrote it, I was I I, I think the way I wrote it gave people the impression that. We were saying that because Methuen got hacked, that's why Methuen's numbers were so high. But that's not the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are you up to now? What's the, what, what's coming up for the next Valley Patriot? What are you What are you working on? Uh, well, I just had an interview today with um, the coach of Methuen High's football team, uh, Coach Tom Ryan. Nice. Um, I asked him about the last season. You know the unique circumstances that they faced. Um, I talked about one of his players, Anthony Romano, who uh, just committed to Hobart University, which nice. is a great school with a great program. Um, I asked him about this upcoming season and, you know, um, what it's going to look like, whether they're going to allow in spectators and whatnot. Um, and I'm looking forward to covering the team because he said, you know, if you want to ever interview my players, you know, at practice or after a game, you know, you just let me know anything I can do to help you. Oh, that sounds which, great. Uh, a, a nice change of pace, which... um. Like you were saying about the uh, Methuen article, I think um, had we got more participation from people, it could have been a better story. But I think it was also important for me as a journalist because when I did the story on Haverhill and Lawrence, I was able to get a hold of the chiefs of police like almost right. instantly. Yeah, right away. Yeah, so the fact that I ran into a little resistance and I was really scrambling to get somebody to interview, yeah, it's it's frustrating in the moment, but at at the same rate, you know, it's good for my growth as a journalist because it's going to allow me to deal with that resistance right. when it inevitably happens. Right. You're going to find that there are some people that just hate me for whatever reason or they hate the paper for whatever reason, but they don't realize they're cutting their nose off despite their face because that Methuen story could have been so much better and could have painted Methuen in such a better light mm-hmm. had uh, Captain Hagar or, some, or the chief in Methuen or... Uh, or, or the, you called the mayor's office, I understand, they wouldn't get back to you. Right. So, I mean, I, I think had some of that happened, we could have done a better job. But we, we as journalists can only do with what we're given, right? And if people don't, don't want to participate, they don't want to participate. And, and by the way, when I called uh, the Methuen mayor's office, I didn't mention that I worked for the Valley Smart Patriot. idea. But um, the person I spoke to said, oh, yeah, email me the statistics you have, and then I'll be able to comment on it. And when I sent the file over, I realized it had Valley Patriot oh, in the name. <laughs> and that's why they didn't get back to you. Yeah. Gotcha. And who was that, by the way, if you don't mind outing the person by name, if you remember? I cannot was remember. Was it Ryan? It wasn't Ryan Hamilton, because I know he loves us, but maybe it, not. It was. Oh, it was. All right. Well, <laughs> I guess that's another conversation to have. Uh, we've got about a minute and a half left. Um one of the things that I'd like for you to work on, if not for this coming edition, because you're a very busy guy. I didn't realize how busy you were when you took this on. Mm-hmm. Uh, you got a lot of things going on. Um, I'd like to look at the the overdose, the the the, uh, the suicide numbers during COVID versus the number of people who died during COVID. And I'd like to be able, if not for this edition, the next edition, present to my readers 
a real overview of did the lockdowns hurt more than they helped? Did more people commit suicide? Did more people end up, uh, you know, uh, overdosing? Did more people, you know, end up uh, having problems in their life because of the lockdown versus those who died or got sick because of the of the virus? Yeah, no, I think that's an interesting topic, and yeah. I'd love to to dive deeper into that. Um, and it won't really, matter what my opinion is; it's going to matter what the data says, right? Exactly. Yeah. And um, the stats that Methuen sent me—they didn't just send me crime numbers; they also sent me quality of life calls. So oh, nice! I was able to get an insight a little bit into how the mental health numbers um, transpired during COVID, and they did rise. Isn't it? Is isn't expected. it great to have like a real reporter? Like it's just been so long since I've had a conversation with a real reporter. I mean, no matter where you go, and I'm gonna, you know, even like the Eagle Tribune, the Globe, the Herald, I mention them all the time, the Lowell Sun, they don't have any real reporters anymore. Every story is based on someone's opinion with some skewing of the facts to make one side look good or the other. And to have a guy that just cares about the numbers, just caring about the background information on what made the numbers, it's refreshing. It makes me feel good about what we're doing, having you around. Yeah, I appreciate it. I appreciate you letting me do my thing. And you no. know, I, I promise I, I won't be biased or, you know, sway one way or the other. I have no agenda. Right. So I'm just. Well, that's one of the reasons why I liked it. you. When, when, uh, I feel, how did we get you, by the way? How, oh, the comedy thing, right? The comedy content. So it, it was like, I've been looking for a reporter for so long that can just do reporting. And it's just so refreshing to have it anyway. I don't want to kiss your ass too much and make your head big. <laughs> it's bad enough that every woman I bump into is like, that Eric guy, does he work in the office? I'll bring you coffee someday. He's cute. <laughs> so it's like, you make me look bad, kid, because usually I, I want to be the one flirted with, not you know people coming to me finding up, wanting to know what your phone number is. It's all right. I'm taken, so go talk. I know. Me. When I saw that picture of you and your girlfriend on vacation, marry her as quick as you can. Okay. Man, I mean, you get something. You get someone who looks that good, you got to hang on to that. Because well, every guy in the world is going to try and steal her away. From you. Yeah, no, she's trying to be a dentist, so I'm only in it for the free dental. Free dental. <laughs> <laughs> Smart guy. <coughs> oh, God. How long has the time up been up there? Am I that far over? A little. All right. Sorry about that. Um, I'm, I'm trying to get better, though. I'm, I'm, I'm getting better, right? Sure. All right. So you can roll up, Melvin, while I read the, uh, the, the sponsors. I should have done it at the beginning of the show, but we had Manny here, and I knew we were going to be short on time. We want to thank McLennan Real Estate, uh, Century 21 in Methuen on Broadway. Give Matt or Janet a call or Sam or even Jessica Finicaro, whom we love, by the way. If you're voting in Methuen this year, I don't care what you do, please vote for Jessica Finicaro for City Council. AFC Urgent Care, we're going to have Lisa Williams in in the next couple of weeks. Uh, Marsan and Sun Construction. It's been really nice out, and a lot of construction places aren't even booking anymore because they're so busy. So call Marsan and Sun Construction. They'll help you out. EIS Investigation and Gun Training. Borelli's Deli, where I'm going right after the show to get my deli meats. Teddy Fairburn, Attorney Ted Fairburn, who does workers' compensation. Please give him a call. Look him up if you've got a workers' compensation case. Tomo's in Happy Crab, which we will be there uh, Saturday, I think. I'm going to Tomo's tonight. Are you really? Yeah, I take sure some am. pictures, post them online, help, the, right. help them out. They, they support the show. And Pleasant Valley Landscaping, we changed the front because he's getting emails from people saying, oh, well, if you're not booking, why is it on the Valley pay, uh, Paying Attention show? Um, he is booking for small construction jobs. So uh, landscaping, not till next year. I want to thank Chrissy, my fine, fine producer, and of course Murphy, who's our, our audience member here every week. Uh, Juan Manny Gonzalez, Wayne Hayes, and uh, Eric Spagnoli, who's always upstaging me. And we're going to be doing a, a comedy thing with you guys in the next uh, maybe couple of weeks. We're working on with uh, Chris Flayhive. Looking forward to it. All right. Uh, thank you to, uh, to uh, Two Guys Smoke Shop and Dave here at the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe. I guess that's it. Melvin Taylor says we got to go home, Chrissy. I think he said it twice, so now we definitely got to go home. He's saying it again. Yeah, he's saying it again. (laughs) 
All right, thank you. We'll see you next week. We'll be actually be talking about North Andover next week. The views and opinions expressed by the hosts, guests, or callers of this program do not necessarily reflect the opinions of the Studio 21 Podcast Cafe, the United Podcast Network, its partners or affiliates.